0: everyone, you're listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life. I am excited today to have as my guest, Chris Skye. Now, many of you I know uh, have heard of him, have heard him speak, uh, but many of you probably haven't. And I'm going to let Chris introduce himself. But let me just say that when I talk to people who don't know about him or you know, haven't heard him speak, that he really, in my opinion, Chris has done more for the cause of freedom. He's done more to help wake people up than anybody else I know. Uh, he tirelessly is working for the cause of freedom and, and helping people to really wake up to what is going on in the world right now. So hi, Chris, how are you?
1: I'm fantastic. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Now, I'll just let everybody know if I'm a little off this morning, this is early, but I got up just for you.
1: <laughs> Same. I got up just for you.
0: Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> well, you're a hard person to nail down.
1: Well, that's because I'm all over the place all the time, including prison.
0: <laughs> I, I know. I, You know, it's interesting that three times when we have scheduled recordings, you were in prison
1: (laughs) yeah just three actually no let's be more accurate two times i was in jail only once i was in prison
0: oh okay oh yes so so what you know what maybe you better um so jail is like at the at the police
1: well okay so if you go to jail it means you got arrested and you went to the police station once you're at the police station they put you in a holding cell that's jail you stay there usually. If you're lucky, you can get a bail hearing that day. Otherwise, you got to stay in there up to 24 hours or even longer if there's like a holiday or something. Mm-hmm. But generally, within 24 hours, you'll get a bail hearing. If you make bail, you get out on bail. If you don't, they send you to prison or another bail review or to uh, go for your trial. Uh, most recently, when I was arrested in Calgary, which was on March 26th, We had just finished my tour. We were in BC for 15 days. We had 14 stops in 15 days. We were booked Monday to Sunday solid. And the last date was actually in Calgary. And I don't know how many people know this, but three weeks ago in Calgary now, they put what they were calling a temporary court injunction against the protests. And they made it illegal to have a protest in Calgary, basically. Like, you couldn't march, you couldn't honk, you couldn't use any type of amplified speaking system, either a speaker or a, a megaphone or any of that. And they tried to say it was the same, they tried to use the same reason as they used in Ottawa, that the protest was disrupting the life and the businesses of all the people in Calgary. Meanwhile, this is a protest that would happen once a week, on a Saturday, with a few thousand people who would speak, and then march through the streets for maybe an hour, and then go back to their daily lives. So it was just an excuse, like all the other excuses during this pandemic, to steal more of our rights and freedoms. And wow. because they, and because they couldn't use COVID as the excuse anymore, because mm. before, if you if you remember, I actually got charged for this uh, uh, in Calgary. I broke what they called the six foot distance rule outside. <laughs> They literally showed me pictures of me holding uh, or shaking hands with people and hugging people and saying, this is why we're going to arrest you. And so, but that got thrown out actually on March 25th, 2022, the day before they rearrested me. So when I went to this protest, I told the police straight to their face. I'm like, do you guys not see what's going on here? I'm like, last time I was here for a protest, you guys said we couldn't gather because it's unsafe because of COVID. Now that you can't even use that excuse anymore, now you're basically telling everyone they can't gather because they're they're pissing off the government, and the government can tell people what they can and can't do, and you guys are enforcing. I said, this is absolute bullshit, and I gave every single one of them a piece of my mind, and eventually, the police actually left. We were at Prince's Island Park, uh, and there was a few hundred of us at the park, and there was a few thousand people at the courthouse. And then we found out that at the courthouse, because it was public property, they were still allowed by the court injunction to have a speaker system. So I told everyone at the park, first of all, why do we have two separate events in Calgary on the same day? The whole point of protest movement is to bring as many people together as possible, not as many different groups together. No, you want one big group. Mm -hmm. So I told everybody, let's get together with the other group. So we started marching over there. And as we were marching over there, we got swarmed by a whole bunch of police who alleged that I had spoken a few words through a megaphone and that gave them the authority to now arrest me. Oh, once I got arrested, yeah, once I got arrested and I was in the cop car, I actually look at all the information that I could see on the, on the screen, what they write about me, etc. And in this case, they wrote on the screen that the reason they came to arrest me had nothing to do with the injunction. They wrote it in big, white, all capital letters that were highlighted. And it said, prevent group A from meeting up with group B. Their primary objective was to keep the protest movements divided. That's what it was all about. Meanwhile, after they arrested me, uh, the protests still got, uh, they still came together because my group just continued walking to, uh, to, to where the other group was after they arrested me. Uh, And because it was an injunction uh, from a judge, they took me to jail. And rather than give me a bail hearing, they said, sorry, because this is an injunction, you have to go to prison now and you have to wait in prison until you get a bail hearing. So they took me from jail. uh, They brought me in another car and they brought me to the Calgary Remand Center, which is the prison. And over there, they uh, they'll process you just like any other prisoner, which means they got to strip you down naked they search you, they scan you, then they want to COVID test you and jab you if you haven't been jabbed.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yes. So before all that even could happen, I was in a cell with about six guys getting ready for processing. And when they were getting ready to process us, they asked us all to go and line up for our COVID test. Obviously I said no to that because I won't do a COVID test. I don't want that stuff up my nose. Everybody knows that They put ethylene oxide on the end of those Q-tips, which is the most cancer-causing chemical in the world. And it's the most harmful while it's inhaled. And the liquid that they use to do the test on those test kits is so toxic it can literally kill you if you if you get if you swallow it let alone if you get it on your skin and it goes in your body so they're poisoning you multiple ways with those tests not to mention if you do test positive they just isolate you for 2 weeks even though you're only supposed to be in jail a few days so there's no upside to getting tested so i told them no fucking way i'm not getting tested so they treated me at that point like Hannibal Lecter i immediately got put into a cage and i mean a cage that was maybe two feet deep. So I couldn't even like extend my arms in front of my face and it was all plexiglass. So it was all closed in. Oh my and I had god! To sit there, yeah. I had to sit there for a couple hours. I couldn't even move because there was nowhere to move and it was boiling hot in there. Well, I watched all the other uh, inmates get processed and everything. Then when it was my turn, they came and told me, Oh, because you're not taking the COVID test, we need to put you in the isolation range. I said, that's fine. I don't mind being alone. And they said, well, the isolation range is actually full right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to put you in the general population range, but you're going to be in a cell by yourself. That's fine, I said. Little did I know, in the gen population range, every other inmate was getting out twice a day for an hour and 15 minutes each time. They had access to a gym, access to a TV, access to each other, access to a library, access to the showers, etc., etc. Me... Because I was supposedly contaminated, I had to wait my turn and only go out when nobody else was out on the range. And they just kept telling me that I had to keep waiting. I had to keep waiting. I had to keep waiting. In the end, I was in there for almost three days and I was only let out of my cell twice for a total of maybe 12 to 15 minutes. So I didn't even have a chance to do anything but make a couple of phone calls. I couldn't shower, couldn't train, couldn't relax, couldn't talk to anybody. I literally got out just enough time to make, try to get in touch with my lawyer, and then even that was too much for them. They grabbed me and threw me back in my cell. I was fortunate enough to steal a book that I saw somebody else left behind, so I ended up having a book in my cell. So it wasn't so bad. But that was the 20th time I've been arrested fighting for this cause. And everybody keeps asking me, why are we still fighting? We got all our freedoms back. What freedoms did we get back? I literally just got thrown in prison for allegedly speaking a word through a megaphone. Our government still has every single mandate in place. And in fact, has made it a staple of his re-election campaign to keep all the mandates in place. Yet Canadians are walking around convincing them that they're free. Why? Because Canadian men are the weakest, most pathetic display of so-called men in the history of humanity. You just walk around and they look at you and say, oh, well, I don't have to wear a mask anymore, so I'm free. Or I can go to a restaurant and I'm free. They ignore that every single federal employee is being fired. Every single corporation that has ties to the government, like airlines, banks, insurance companies, etc., are firing every employee that's not vaccinated. They are doing everything they can to continue everything that they've already done. All they've changed is they gave you a tiny bit of freedom back to give all the beta male cuckold cowards the ability to say, oh, we don't need to fight. Because all it takes for a Canadian is to give them a tiny little bit of an excuse and they will run with it. The men have done nothing in this country. They are the reason why Canada is the worst country in the world to live right now. And I'll say that. What other country in the world has mandates in place preventing their citizens from being able to leave their home province or their, even their country if they don't take a jab? Answer, Canada. What country is being lambasted on the world stage by every world leader? Canada when the European parliament kicked our prime minister out and called him a disgrace to democracy and a wannabe dictator, everybody around the world is cheering us on yet. Canadians are still walking around like everything's okay. It's absolutely pathetic. And uh, we've been fighting this for almost two years and they haven't changed anything. The only thing they've changed is tactics. They started Mm -hmm. with coercion. They told everybody, Oh, take this vaccine and you'll get your life back. And when they couldn't fool enough people with that lie, coercion changed real quick to brute force. And they tried to mandate it for everybody and said, if you don't take it, you're a terrorist, et cetera, et cetera. And when when brute force was met with our own brute force in the name of the trucker convoy, they backed off. But they didn't stop. They just changed tactics again. Now, instead of brute force, they're using subterfuge. They got everybody worried about what's going on in Ukraine with right. Vladimir Putin Well, they're telling Canadians that everything's okay and everything's ba- back to normal when it's not. And so far, that has done a great job in, ke- in giving Canadians the excuse to sit on their friggin' ass and pretend like everything's okay. There's a reason I went to BC on the tour is because BC is the weakest part of all of Canada. They have the most compliance there. That's what I mean by weakest. When Why I mean- do
0: you think that is, Chris?
1: Well, number one, it's got a very high Asian population, like almost 13% of all of BC is Asian. And okay. if you look at the masks and you look at all the other mandates, mm-hmm. nobody complies like the Asians. Asians already wore masks before COVID. Mm-hmm. So when they told them to wear it for COVID, it was like second nature to them. So people can pretend like there's no difference between races and ethnicities. There's a huge difference. You can go to Aberdeen Mall right now, in, uh, just outside of Vancouver in Richmond, Gorgeous area, high end mall. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people in there are Asian, and ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people are wearing masks. Mm. It's really that simple. Wow. There is a huge disconnect between different ethnicities on government trust and compliance. And when you have a when you have a whole segment of the population that's going to comply, like almost hundred percent of them, that's going to bring up the numbers. On top of that, in in uh, Vancouver, you have just very laissez-faire attitude by the people. They believe that they can just go along to get along. They believe that complying is the way through this. And that's be- and if you think that's true, well, I'm in Alberta right now, where we are we have the least compliance. And guess what? Hmm. We got rid of the vaccine passports faster than anybody. We got rid of the mask mandates faster than anybody. And they can't keep them because they only got 30% of the population boosted. If nobody takes the vaccine, ladies and gentlemen, this all ends. It's that simple. They don't get 70 plus percent of the people jab. They cannot do restrictions. They cannot do travel mandates. They cannot do vaccine passwords. They can't do any of that. But as long as the stupid, sad, weak Canadians keep rolling up their sleeves and keep doing as they're told to their own detriment... The government is going to put more and more and more restrictions. And they learned their lesson from last year. They saw that we still had the ability to fight back when push came to shove. So what are they doing now? They're passing all kinds of new laws to make it virtually impossible for Canadians to fight back. Like that protest injunction. If they make it illegal for somebody to walk down the street with a megaphone or honk their horn or talk to you, you can't really speak about what's going on, can you? So that's what they're trying to do. They want to make it so you can't speak out in person. Then they're passing bills like C-11 to make it impossible for you to speak out online. And if you can't speak out in person, you can't speak out online, wow, then they've taken another right, your fundamental right of free speech. And if you don't have a fundamental right of free speech, all your other rights are null and void, and they know this. And that's why they're coming for free speech harder than ever before. They're literally going out of their way to draft all these policies to try to make people submit. For instance, look what Disney just did. Mm -hmm. Because who's the ones that are resisting the most? It's the so-called white people. I hate using that word because we're not white. We're all different, we're all from different countries. Imagine you went to an Asian person, uh, a Filipino, and just called them Chinese or just called them Asian. They're gonna get offended because they're all from different countries. But for some reason, it's okay whether you're Italian, Romanian, Swiss, Norwegian, they can just call you white. (laughs) And and you're supposed to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm white. And because I'm white, that means I'm supposedly privileged. And that means I'm a I'm a problem for society. Did you see what Disney just did?
0: Uh, I heard something about
1: um... their new president, a Mrs. Burke, who has herself two transgender children which i'm sure she made them like that on purpose because she's all about wokeness and that's what the, that's what disney's all about mm-hmm. they have a new policy now called reimagine tomorrow where from now on there are only allowed up to 50% white characters at least 50% of the characters in every disney movie now have to be either lgbt GUI, whatever the hell that means. I don't even know what their last letters stand for. I
0: don't either. Or
1: they have to be specifically non-white. Imagine companies Mm -hmm. making a policy stating, oh, sorry, we can only hire you if you're LGBT or non-white. That's acceptable in these days. Imagine a company saying we can only hire you if you're white. It would be game over for that company. Game over for the person who said it. But if you tell everybody that whiteness is bad, if you tell everybody that a straight white male is the worst part of society, surprise, that's not only is that endorsed, it's not only is it not attacked, it's actually endorsed. Because why? They don't want straight white males because straight white males equal strong men. Straight white males also have families with wives and children who they will fight for. But if you're not... If you're an LGBTQ and you don't have a family and you don't have a wife and you don't have children, then you don't have a lot. uh, You have a lot less to fight for. And if they Mm. can keep demonizing strong families and traditional values, they could keep weakening society. And that's what they're doing. And it's working very well. Canadians are leaving the country faster than they have since the early 70s. And this is only accounting for Canadians who have actually relinquished their citizenship, not counting the countless and countless and countless of Canadians who simply left. Mm -hmm. They kept their Canadian citizenship. They kept their Canadian passport, but they just left with no plans of coming back. So there's, these are all the real Canadians leaving. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to replace them with what they're calling new Canadians, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them a year, All coming from third world countries that have no charter of rights, no constitution, no bill of rights, and are coming for one reason, universal basic income. They're coming for free money paid for by Canadians so they can send that money back Home, you know, where they really came from, where they really care about these people are coming to Canada, they don't care about Canada, they're coming to Canada because it's a free paycheck, and they're coming to Canada so they can exploit Canada. And, And Justin Trudeau is using that to his advantage, and that's why the bill S 233 is the most dangerous bill that's ever been put forth in our country. And if people don't know what that is, it's a universal basic income bill that's like CERB payments but for every woman and child over 17 years of age in Canada for the rest of their lives. Chris, are,
0: why is this happening? What What's the end goal here?
1: The end goal is complete and total control over Canadians and the rest of the world. So they're doing everything they can to weaken you, everything they can to take away your ability to fight back. And then they're going to do everything they can to put the control grid in place where they can track, monitor, monitor, trace and control every single transaction you do and every single place you go. And they already did it. The framework's already there. They already got Canadians used to the idea that they can be told they can't go to their work. They can be told that they can't open their business. They can be told that they have to stay home. They can be told that they have to check vaccine passports on their fellow citizens. And guess what? Our stupid spineless society complied with every single thing the government said so when you comply you're gonna get the result that they want for you not the result you want for yourself if you want a result for yourself you're gonna need to make your own decisions and you're gonna need to make decisions based on what's best for yourself your family and your children's future for the last two years The vast, vast majority have just sat there living on their knees with a mask on their face waiting to be told what to do. And everything they've been told to do is against their own interests, against their family's interests, and against the interests of the country. But because they're weak, because they're stupid, and because they don't want to fight back because they're afraid of supposed consequences, they are going along with it. And now they went along with it so long that they're not only brainwashed and programmed, like look, you see how many people are still wearing masks even though there's no mask mandate. They're wearing the mask because they don't want to feel like they did it for the last two years for no reason. Because even the stupidest person is smart enough to understand that if you weren't safe with a mask yesterday, you are safe with it today. It doesn't make any sense. Just because the government said you're safe and it's happening in different, different times and different locations, no. It's all about how weak and how stupid the population is. And the weaker and stupider they are, the more they comply. And the more they comply, the more restrictions they get. And the longer those restrictions take place. And that's what this is all about. This is about training people to have less and less and less. Because they want you to own nothing and be happy. And by be happy, they want to make it so you can't speak out if you wanted to. So even though they know you're going to be unhappy, they want to have so much control over you that they can feed you a literal shit sandwich and you'll sit there and chew on it and tell them how much you love it, even though it's making you sick to your stomach. That's what they're doing to people. They're literally training them worse than dogs to take as much abuse as possible while pretending it's okay. Okay. That's literally what the definition of tolerance is. Tolerance is putting up with something you know is wrong. And that is the biggest virtue they want Canadians to have. You're not virtuous if you stand up for yourself. You're not virtuous if you're a strong member of society. You're not virtuous if you're fighting for people's rights or standing up for your family. No, you're virtuous and you're a good citizen if you tolerate everything the government's doing to you.
0: Well, ugh. God, you know, Chris, I I was just watching a, a video clip of the uh, what's his name Har- Harari. He's Klaus Schwab's mentor, yeah. and you know, talking about how how they want fewer humans and they want to control them. And and somebody asked, so what do you what are you going to do with the humans that are left? And he said, give them video games and drugs. Of course. <laughs> I, I'm like, how how did so many fall for this? I mean, really?
1: I People I just fell don't. for it. Once again, they don't want to hear this because Canadians are the weakest, most pathetic losers in the world. But that's why they fell for it. Because Canadians are the weakest and most pathetic losers in the world. But this uh, isn't humanity, the only
0: country. This isn't the only country that fell for worst.
1: it. It's the worst country. Hmm. Other countries are fighting back. Other countries are saying, no, Canadians are literally rolling over and playing dead and rolling over and telling you you're a bad person if you don't comply. It's all because over here, they have convinced themselves that being a coward is a virtue. Being tolerant is a virtue. Being a lapdog is a virtue. That's the lie they tell themselves. And it's a lie. You're not virtuous if you're a coward. You're just a pathetic coward. You're not virtuous if you do what you're told when you know what's wrong. You're supposed to stand up for yourself. You're supposed to stand up for what's right. That's virtuous. That's what being a man means. Not doing what you're told, doing what's right. I hope Canadians are listening because they keep lying to themselves and pretending that they're good, strong men for doing what they're told. No, you're a pathetic loser and you are selling out your country, and you are ruining the lives for every single person here. And you're selling out your children's future. So, no, you're not a good man. You're a pathetic half man sitting on living on his knees, wearing a mask, and allowing them to destroy your country. And they're and all these people, I'm gonna give you a little news flash. All the restrictions are coming back, mm-hmm. and they're coming back with a vengeance in the fall. All your mask mandates all your vaccine mandates. They're going to come out with a new vaccine. Why do you think I'm going back to Vancouver on April 10th?
0: Yes, let's talk about that. I think that's quite interesting.
1: Well, we're having a, we're having a convoy and we're leaving convoys from all over Canada are converging on Vancouver for April 10th. Why? They're having the first TED Talk since before the pandemic. A TED Talk where the minimum entry is $5,000 a head up to $250,000 a head. Depending oh,
0: I on- didn't know that.
1: Yeah, depending <laughs> on your sponsorship status. A TED Talk where they're targeting Vancouver because it's the weakest city in all of Canada with the most compliant population. And what are they doing? They're sending Bill Gates. <sighs> What do you think he's going to talk about? I'll I'll tell you what he's going to talk about. He's going to go to remind everybody that the pandemic isn't over and we're lowering our guard when we shouldn't be. He's going to go to tell everybody that we need more restrictions to help this pandemic. He's going to go to tell everybody that the WHO has made a new, what they're calling a global pandemic constitution. That once a country signs on to it, gives up their authority to the WHO in the next pandemic. That's scary.
0: That's really scary.
1: Yes. And a hundred countries have already signed on, including Canada. So in the fall, when they start bringing restrictions back, you can't even complain to your public health officials because they're going to throw up their hands and say, it's not us. It's the WHO. So if you think you have no accountability right now and no transparency, imagine how bad it's going to be when the who is making every decision for your country from unelected officials in whatever country they happen to be in at that day you think you have no accountability now with people like bonnie henry and people like eileen DeVilla? uh imagine what it's going to be like when they're naming some unelected bureaucrat in another country thousands and thousands of miles away That's their plan. And of course, Bill Gates is going to come and sell everybody on a brand new vaccine. I want everybody to know that. They realize that they failed with the vaccine because nobody wants to take multiple shots a year. And because it takes multiple shots a year and the overlap from some people not getting it, etc., it makes it virtually impossible for them to keep the compliance rate they need of 70 plus percent to keep everybody in line and keep these restrictions indefinitely. So what they're going to tell you... And they're going to tell you this with a wonderful smile on their face for all the stupid people that are going to listen. They have a brand new vaccine. It's way safer, way more effective. It works on the variants. And it doesn't matter which vaccine you've taken or haven't taken. This vaccine will work for you. And the best part of all, you only need to take it once a year like a flu shot. So now they're going to bring that out in the fall and try to use a massive propaganda campaign combined with lockdowns and restrictions to get 70 plus percent of the people to take it in the fall, just like they would a fluke shot. And if they get it, surprise, it'll be mandated. And then every single year, you will not be able to live life unless you go and get your friggin shot. And at that point, they've won. Now they have their control grid in place. They have their vaccine passport system in place. The only thing they got to bring out at that point is their digital currency, and that's coming. They already have the digital ID, and if people don't understand how dangerous digital ID is, then you're also stupid. I'm sorry. There's no other word to describe it but stupid. You can't claim ignorance anymore because people have been talking about this stuff for years. So it's one thing if it's something you never heard of. It's another thing when people have told you exactly what it is and even people like Klaus Schwab go on TV and tell you how they're going to use it to control you. If you get digital ID and it's going to be, it's not going to be mandatory at first, just like the vaccine. It's going to be voluntary until enough people are stupid enough to use it. And then once enough people are stupid enough to use it, surprise, it's going to be mandatory. And then Mm. we're completely fucked. Because if you take a digital ID and you allow them to put that into society, now you can't use social media because as soon as you say something they don't like, they'll ban you and you won't be able to make a new account because you'll have to log in with your digital ID. You won't be able to bank because with their social credit score and the banks being partners with the WEF, if they don't like what you do, they'll just block you from your account. And if people think that's far-fetched, that's what happened to me. I got out of jail on March 20, or sorry, prison on March twenty eighth. I went to one of my banks. I went to RBC Royal Bank. Everybody knows RBC. I didn't know that they were a partner for the World Economic Forum. I found that out recently. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people have been having their bank accounts frozen by the government, which is already terrifying and illegal and should raise a million red flags. The government never even had authority to freeze my bank accounts because I haven't done anything wrong. Neither did the people that had them frozen, but I had done even less wrong in the eyes of the government. But guess what? I went to RBC and they wouldn't let me access my account. They claimed that they could not identify me. Because I was in Calgary and because I only had one ID on me and it wasn't my home branch and I'd never been there before, I thought, okay, that kind of makes sense. They told me just go back uh, to the branch that I normally go to, even if it's not my home branch, but bring my passport because it's the ID that I use to create the account. Makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And they still told me they couldn't identify me, even after I gave them my passport, my health card, and two supplemental forms of identity, four separate IDs. They told me they couldn't identify me, and then they called the RCMP on me. So I got pissed. I went home. I called RBC, spoke to half a dozen people, filed complaints, spent like four hours on the phone. Oh God. They finally told me, go to this branch in Edmonton, speak to the manager, and everything will be fine. I said, okay. I went to the manager. I went to that branch in Edmonton. This time I came even more prepared. I came with my I, I came with my four IDs. I also came with my wife because their website says you could have somebody else verify your identity. And along with my wife, I brought our marriage license, not even a copy, the actual one. I brought my wife's U.S. passport because she's a U.S. citizen. I brought her Canadian driver's license because she's a Canadian permanent resident. I had my criminal lawyer on the phone ready to verify my ID, which is also legal by law. I answered every single one of their security questions. I gave them the cell phone number on file, which was the phone I had in my hand and told them to call it. I accessed the email address they had on file, even showed them my e-statements from the email address. I gave them the last wire transfer that I had uh, done, where I had done it from, who I had sent it to, the amount I had sent. And guess what they told me? Mm. I'm sorry, sir. We still simply just cannot verify your identity that's crazy yeah so they told me i can't access my account they told me i can't close my account they told me i couldn't do nothing with my account it's just got to sit there and they can have access to my money but i can't so obviously i told them that's absolutely ridiculous so the lady and i have this on video which i sent to you the manager says yeah it is kind of ridiculous so if you wait here i'll call the fraud department and we'll get it settled So she asked my wife and I to wait there while she called the fraud department and took my IDs with me. I said, sure, we waited there while she supposedly called the fraud department. Instead, she called the Edmonton police and told them that I was causing a disturbance at the bank because I had videotaped the encounter. So all of a sudden, while I'm waiting for the fraud department, three Edmonton police officers show up looking for the so-called incident that I'm causing. I was sitting there waiting and I told the officers, I'm like, the only reason I'm sitting here waiting is because the branch manager said she was calling the fraud department to I, get my identity verified. We're not waiting here because they, told, they, because they told us to leave. If they told us to leave, I would have left. And the manager came out with my IDs and had to admit to the cops exactly what I said. So the cops just said, well, they're asking you to leave because you videotaped. I said, OK, officer, is that against the law? They said, well, no, but they don't like it. Well, of course they don't like it because I just caught them on video doing illegal, disgusting, immoral shit. And after that, I left the bank. I got a call from the RCMP who told me I should be uh, should be filing a complaint against the bank, which I did. And after I filed another complaint against the bank, I finally got my branch on the phone because they told me only my branch could solve this problem. Guess what happened when my branch came on the phone? What? Oh, We can't identify you over the phone. You're going to have to go to a branch in person, which I would already done three times. And then they told me, but the branch might not want you there because you tried to videotape at the other branch. So basically, once again, my home branch telling me they won't give me access to my account, won't allow me to close the account. And I now couldn't go into a branch in person because they didn't want me there because I had filmed. So basically what they're telling me is no matter what, I won't get access to my account and they're planning on keeping my money. This
0: is crazy, Chris. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. How, I mean, somebody higher up must be telling them to do this.
1: Obviously, and I'm going to get my money back one way or the other, even if I have to go to Ontario in person to the branch where I opened it. Or worst case scenario, I'll just write myself a check from the account from virtually all the money in the account because my account is still active. It's not blocked or frozen. Mm-hmm. They just simply won't give me access to it via my bank card. So if they want to play games, we can play games, but I'm going to expose them. I'm going to give that video to every single person. I have multiple videos. Cause I went to multiple banks and got the same treatment. So I have two videos from inside the bank where they literally just lie to my face, pretending they don't know who I am. Even after they Google me and see about a million Google images of me, Uh, And then I have the phone call that I made with my bank, with the branch uh, manager at my branch. So I have three separate interactions that show how disgusting this is. And this is just the beginning of the social credit score, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty soon it won't be just your bank. You'll be going anywhere and they'll tell you, oh, sorry, we can't can't accept your your payment because of what you said online or because of who you talked to. That is what they want. That is where they're headed, where every single thing you do – Every transaction you make is monitored by the government, tracked by the government, taxed by the government, and of course, must be approved by the government. In fact, if you talk to our friends across the pond in London, England, they already have what they are calling safeguards in place. So you can use your bank card at the local grocery store and try to put $40 in groceries, and guess what happens? What? It gets blocked and then your bank will contact you via your cell phone and make you put in a special pin code to show that it's you.
0: That's going on in the UK already? I didn't That's know that. That's happening.
1: You cannot even buy your groceries without your bank having to get you to verify that it's you. Why are they doing that? Cuz they want to make each transaction as hard as possible. Why? So you just give in and go with the digital ID cuz when they tell you, "Oh, this won't happen anymore." once you sign up the digital ID and just scan your phone or scan your hand once we chip you, then everything will be fine. So they're going to do whatever they can to make your life miserable so you will go along with the digital ID just like they did with the vaccine. How many people got the vaccine because, oh, they wanted to travel or, oh, they wanted to go to the gym or, oh, they needed it for work or, oh, they needed it to see their family. They come up with any rationalization, any excuse. The reality is, They are using massive coercion to get you to do what they want. And then people pretend like they didn't have a choice. That's the rationalization Canadians love to make. Oh, I needed to take the jab. I needed to travel or I needed to take the jab because I wanted to go to the gym. No, as soon as you give in, you have lost. There's a reason the only way out of this is called united non-compliance. And that means people coming together and not complying. And all around the world, I have proven over and over again that the countries that comply get the most restrictions. And the countries that do not comply get the least restrictions. There is a reason why Florida and Texas are free and New York and British Columbia are not. And it's called compliance. So when people keep talking about fighting for freedom... That fight looks different for everybody. For me, fighting for freedom means I got to get arrested 20 times. For the average person, fighting for freedom means to just say no to their vaccine and their digital ID. It's that simple. That's all people have to do. But people will rationalize because people are weak. People will justify because people want to pretend like they're not part of the problem. The moment you got vaccinated, the moment you put a mask on, the moment you got a vaccine passport, you are part of the problem. You are enabling and perpetuating this. And whatever personal excuse you can come up with, not reason, not justification, not rationalization, it's an excuse. Whatever excuse you can come up with is just that. A petty, pathetic, selfish excuse. That's- well,
0: Chris, I'm hoping that that people are waking up. I think in the beginning, you know, people didn't realize what they were going along with. I mean, now it's become pretty obvious. And if and, you know, if people feel that that this is crazy, that it can't happen, it's been happening for quite—I don't know how many years, but quite a few years—in communist China. You know, they are completely... It's happening right
1: here, right now. How come people say it's not happening? You can't even leave your frigging country, you (laughs) fucking losers. I'm sorry, but that's the height of lying to yourself, the height of denial, pretending like nothing's going on. Millions of Canadians are out of work. Millions Mm. of Canadians cannot leave their province or their country. Millions of Canadians are having adverse reactions from a vaccine that's not even a vaccine that they were forced to take. Right. And it's not getting any better. It's only getting worse.
0: Yes, and it's a gene therapy. It's not a vaccine.
1: That's right. It's not a vaccine at all.
0: I'm going to put uh in fact I sent it to you, but I'm gonna put on the on our our webpage on the uh, the podcast webpage a link to um a video of Reiner Fulmish who interviewing Todd Callender. It's amazing the information this is probably the best one i've seen in a long time it's got so much information in it about what is happening what the, i mean and he has everything documented he's an attorney what's in the shots why he says that the first shot is is that's installing the hardware and then the subsequent ones are the software that has to keep being upgraded because 30% of your he says with one shot, thirty percent of your immune functions are gone. And with three shots, pretty much all of your immune functions are gone. So I you can tell to-
1: everybody the same thing. And I I've been I following the work of Dr. Luc Montagnier, mm-hmm. who was the Nobel Prize-winning scientist who discovered HIV. And he's the one that showed everybody that the exact same technology for the COVID vaccine, the mRNA technology was created and designed to make a vaccine for HIV decades ago. And virtually every single person and every single company that is working on the COVID vaccine came from the HIV vaccine world. Mm -hmm. On top of that, they actually use fragments of the HIV virus inside the COVID vaccine.
0: Right. He says that
1: Mm -hmm. he not only says that it's been proven multiple times. In fact, One of the first vaccines to be launched in Australia had to be taken off the market because after people were getting injected with it, they were getting what they were saying were false positives for HIV. Now, what is HIV? HIV is a a disease where your body attacks its own white blood cells. Your white blood cells are your immune system. No white blood cells, no immune system. Once HIV destroys enough of your white blood cells that your immune function is so suppressed, you can get a cut or a cold and you'll die. That's what's called AIDS. Well, guess what? Every time Reimer, it's not Reimer, uh, Luke Montagnier said every shot you get is going to lower your blood cell count, AKA lower your immune function, just like Reimer Fulnick said. Mm -hmm. I had people who get regular blood work send me their blood work before their COVID vaccines, and then after their COVID vaccines. Mm. And guess what I found with every single person who sent it in? The first was a middle-aged man from BC in his 30s. His first blood result, and I asked just to see their white blood cell count. Okay. No COVID vaccine, white blood cell count, right at the mid-level of normal. A perfect baseline result. Mm-hmm. Then he sent me his, uh, his blood work 5 weeks after his first covid vaccine he had a 15% reduction in his white blood cell count noticeable significant but at that point not statistically like oh my god that's crazy it could have it could have happened from a variety of reasons so it wasn't anything concrete but definitely circumstantial evidence then hmm. i got his blood work after his second shot surprise Now he had almost a 40% overall reduction in his white blood cell count. And he was now at the baseline between low normal and danger zone. Wow. What do you think was going to happen when he got the third shot? Mm -hmm. Obviously he's going to go into the danger zone. I had an older woman send me her blood work in her seventies after her second shot. She had almost 75% of her white blood cells gone to the point where the doctors panicked and put her on a cocktail of potassium and vitamin D to try to raise her white blood cell count. Did it work? So I had never heard back from her. As mm. far as I know, that lady could be dead. Yeah. But this is what's happening. And for everybody that gets that shot, that's exactly what it's going to do to you. And now, in fact, they came out and said, the UN AIDS Foundation, which is owned by the WHO and the World Bank, they came out and said that this year, or sorry, in 2021, in September, they found a new variant of HIV, far more virulent. Mm-hmm. They postulate that it's been there for decades, but they had no, no real explanation why they only found it after everybody started getting vaccinated against COVID. Guess what they said? The UN AIDS Foundation on February 7th, 2022, released a press conference statement stating that the covid co- pandemic is dying down and now we need to focus on the real global pandemic hiv because it's killed 80 million people worldwide blah 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 and now because we have this new scary variant they want to start a worldwide hiv testing campaign right. right that's right and canada is one of the <laughs> first countries to jump all over this in fact our government already gave out over 50,000 home HIV kits and Saskatchewan already opened up 23 HIV testing clinics.
0: Oh my God. I didn't know that.
1: That's right. They're open right now because they know that all the people that were dumb enough and stupid enough to go get COVID tested will also be dumb enough and stupid enough to go get tested for HIV. The only difference is, When you get a positive for HIV, whether it's a false positive or not, your life changes forever. You don't go home for two weeks and quarantine, ladies and gentlemen. No, now you get a diagnosis of an HIV positive person. So now you can't even have a child. You have to friggin tell every single person you meet that you're HIV positive or you can get charged. You're now a second class citizen for life. And now they can put you on medication for the rest of your life. Oh,
0: speaking of medication, Moderna. Okay, so let's just, sorry to interrupt you, but I want everybody to be really clear that this is vaccine-induced AIDS, autoimmune deficiency syndrome, and Moderna just recently had licensed a new HIV vaccine. That's right. Well, go figure.
1: That's right. And that's what they want to do because guess what? Now that they got all you stupid people to download your little QR code for your vaccine, your COVID vaccine, guess what? That little QR code doesn't just talk about your COVID vaccine. It has so much information about you. It's part of the digital ID. Your digital ID is not just a digital version of your driver's license or passport, ladies and gentlemen. Your digital ID says everything about you, including your credit score your sexual preference, your HIV status, your criminal record, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So once they get you stupid idiot to get tested for HIV, now they put you in the HIV positive category. And every time you get scanned, which will be every friggin' place you go, every single person you meet is going to know that you're an HIV positive AIDS case. That's what they want. They run a real tier two, two tier society. It's, and that's what they're going to get. You know why? Because people are so goddamn stupid, they will do whatever they're told. If like, your government told you to go get injected with an AIDS vaccine, you will, because you got injected with a COVID vaccine because you were that stupid. So they know that you're that stupid to go get injected with an HIV vaccine. And what do you think it's going to do to you? You think it's going to make you healthier? Or do you think that every single vaccine you take makes you less healthy?
0: Less healthy. And, you know, and and a lot of this, I forget, I had listened to uh, Dr. Lee Merrick quite a while ago talk about, because she uh, is an MD who was in the Navy, and I believe she was in a bioweapons program for a while. And she talked about how this, this is, there's a term for it, and I can't remember what it is, but the injection is step one, and then it's down the line where the person dies or the person has serious injury, and you can't connect the two because it's not happening right away.
1: Well, they designed this vaccine, this gene therapy, very, very intelligently. What it does, and a lot of doctors will tell you this, the uh, spike proteins, etc. cetera, they exploit whatever genetic weakness is in the host. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone that was prone to get cancer, you're going to get it a lot faster. If you were going to get diabetes, you're going to get it a lot faster. If you were going to get liver disease, you're going to get it a lot faster. And of course, there's the people that just die of heart palpitations and strokes and all the rest of it. So you're going to see virtually all these causes of death rise. And we already have. If you look at the insurance companies, the insurance companies monitor death rates by age group mm-hmm. and every single age group has seen an increase in death rates in 2021 after the vaccine was induced and it's death rates from all different causes and it's because the vaccine causes death to manifest in whatever your genetic weakness is, just like they can do DNA mapping. Does everyone know what DNA mapping is? Maybe you should explain. Well, they take a b- sample of your DNA, your blood. And they run it through their artificial intelligence, quantum computers, and it will tell the computer will tell them what diseases you are most prone for, what you are most likely to die of and when you are most likely to die of that disease. Mm -hmm. Well, apply that to this vaccine and the vaccine just speeds up that process. And the more doses you get, the faster it speeds it up. There's not. It's not an accident that if I could I could be talking to ten thousand people live. I'll ask them, "How many of you know someone who died or was seriously injured by COVID?" I can count the number of hands in the air. Mm-hmm. Then I ask, "How many of you know someone who was injured or killed by the COVID vaccine?" And virtually every hand in the air goes up. Right. It's that simple. Right. It's that simple.
0: So, so Chris, does it do any good to to write your you know, in in the states, your congressman, your representative, your senators, your, I mean, you know, the the people in government, and does that do any, does that help at all? Or, I mean, what can you do to make a change besides not complying?
1: On the very local level of the small townships, yes, you can get to your MPs, you can have influence. If you're talking about the big cities, like Vancouver, Toronto, they don't listen to you and they don't care. They're, they're going by the agenda. Mm-hmm. So that's why this fight is won, not in the big cities. That's why I travel to all the smaller towns. Because when you travel to the small towns, A, people are listening. B, people talk about it. And C, people put it into action. And not complying is not just a simple thing. Not complying is the only way out of this. Because you're not complying with everything. You're not complying with the vaccine. You're not complying with the mask. You're not complying with the stay-at-home order. You're not complying with the business closure. You're not complying with the vaccine passport. When you do not comply with every part of their agenda, their agenda cannot succeed. The only way their agenda can succeed is if you give up like a loser and do what you're told when you know it's not in your best interest.
0: Well, I think they've instilled enough fear that a lot of people aren't complying Because they're afraid to.
1: That's what's coming on now. Before, people were so afraid that they just complied. Now there's so much evidence coming out about how dangerous the vaccine is. And so many people were lied to, told, oh, just take two and you'll be safe and everything will be fine, that now people are actually more (laughs) afraid of the booster shot than they are of the government, which I've actually used to actually wake people up. Because up until now, I've been trying to wake people up with nothing but the correct information, love and compassion. But there's certain people, especially the selfish ones that took the vaccine for their own personal reasons that you will never meet with love and compassion. You will never reach with logic and reason. For those people, I just play on their fears. And I say, oh yeah, you're feeling great after that second shot, aren't you? And most will be like, no, I don't feel good. I go, okay, I dare you to go get a booster. And when you tell them that, nine out of 10's eyes pop out of their head. They do not want it. Nobody wants that next shot. So rather than try to coax them out of it with love and compassion, take a page out of the government's playbook and play on their fears because they're more afraid of the booster than they are of not getting boosted now.
0: Well, and they should be because it, from what I'm seeing, the most of the really serious adverse reactions and deaths are happening after the booster.
1: Of course, the only that that's the three is the magic number in society. It always has been. Three mm-hmm. wishes, three chances, three strikes, you're out. So basically, you're given three chances. You took the first one, okay, you might have got coerced. You might have thought you were doing the right thing. You took the second one, that's already bad enough. If you're stupid enough to go with number three, four, five, and six, then you deserve to die. I don't give a shit, and I'll say that. Any single person that is stupid enough to take a third dose of a poison that didn't work the first two times, you deserve to die. And if all those people did die, surprise, society would be better off. Because guess who would be left? The healthy people and the non-compliant. So this whole agenda would fail. And that's why we know they don't want to kill people off really quickly. Because A, if they killed everybody off really quickly, people would realize. And B, if they killed all the stupid sheeple off really quickly, the only people left would be the lions. And they wouldn't be able to control us. So what they want is to create a society of perpetually sick, weak people that have no choice but to do exactly what they're told 24 hours a day, seven days a week to their own detriment. That's it. That's what they want. They want a society where you can't say no. They want a society where they make every rule. They take all the money. They take all the wealth and they make every decision for you. And people seem to be perfectly okay with that.
0: Well, I wonder if people are going to be perfectly okay when there's a food shortage because what they're paying farmers not to farm. Um, They're killing tons of of poultry, livestock with with faulty pieces. They'll just
1: blame it on COVID or Vladimir Putin and those people will line up for five hours for their quarter ration. (sighs) That's how pathetic people are. I'm sorry. What's going to end up happening is a lot of people are going to get sick. A lot of people are going to die before this gets better. Right. It's that yeah. simple. It has to happen. There's too many stupid people in the world. There's too many weak people in the world. And the world is not just going to go along and suffer these people. No. What's going to happen is these people are going to get sick. These people are going to get subjugated. These people are going to die. And there's nothing we can do. You can't save everybody. I noticed that very early on. You only have so much energy. You only have so much time. So your time and energy needs to be placed where it can be efficient and matter. And for me, I'm all about taking action. So I tell everybody, the number one action anybody can take is to just say no. Every man, woman, and child can do that for every part of this agenda. And in fact, it's their civic duty. Mm -hmm. Certain people like me going above and beyond. We go out, we write books. We go out, we talk. We go out, we get arrested. But the one thing I'm most proud of, I believe, is I've been telling people since the start that free speech is the bedrock of all of our other rights and freedoms. That is why they're trying to destroy it in person. That's why they're trying to destroy it online. That's why Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places that ban me perpetually, and they try to ban anybody who says anything about this. I'm sure if every single one of your people listening right now has either been fact-checked, had something blocked, had something banned, had something taken off social media... And it's only going to get worse. It's just getting started. So what did I do? I told people for months that I was going to bring them a social media platform that uh, upholds their right of free speech. Not just in Canada, but for everywhere around the world. And I did. It's called Friendavu. I partnered with the creator of this app. It's exactly like Facebook. Exactly. If you can use Facebook, you can use Friendavu. It is a seamless transition. And you can download it from friendavoo.com, F-R-I-E-N-D-E-V-U.com, okay. or directly from my website, realchrissky.com So mm-hmm. if you can put both of those up on your thing. I will. Everybody keeps asking me, what can I do? How can I protect free speech? It's pretty easy. You migrate from Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to Friendavu, and you get as many of your friends to get on there as possible. There is no fact checkers. There is no banning. There is no editing of your videos. You can post anything you want. I, in fact, that's what I tell people to do. I tell them to sign up and make a status update that is as controversial as you can possibly imagine. And you'll watch as it just stays there and nobody tries to censor you. That is what we need. We need real free speech platforms where people can not only get their message out, but feel safe that they're not going to lose their thousands of followers feel safe that they're not going to get kicked off of the media feel safe that no one's going to knock on their door and be like, Oh, what did you write about here? So that's mm-hmm. why I created, that's why I brought friend of Buddha everybody. And I think it's going to be one of the pivotal pillars of this movement. Cause if we do not protect our free speech, people like me wouldn't even exist. And if people like me wouldn't exist, Canada would be a hell of a lot worse off than it already is. And so would the rest of the world. There's a reason they had to change tactics so many times. They started with coercion. When coercion didn't work, they went to brute force. When we fought them with brute force with the trucker convoy, and that didn't work for them, now they've switched to subterfuge. And the subterfuge is... Now, while you're distracted and while you think you're getting your freedoms back, they're passing all these new laws to take away all the tools you had to fight back. So when the fall comes and they bring the restrictions back, you won't be able to speak out in person. You won't be able to speak out online. And then they've won because the agenda goes unchallenged. And the moment their agenda is no longer challenged, the moment they no longer have to change courses or change plans, They just keep moving forward with what they got, and every single day, we lose more of our rights and freedoms and our wealth, and every single day, they get more wealth, more property, more power, more control, to the point where it becomes they have so much power and control that we no longer have the ability to fight back. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get us to that point where we are no longer citizens. We are officially slaves. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of slaves, that was one of the things that this uh, Todd Callender brought up was that uh, the slavery laws only apply to humans. They don't apply apply to hybrids. And once you have uh, synthetic proteins injected into you, you are the intellectual property of whoever that that patent belongs to.
1: You're 100% correct, but 99.9% of people will just roll their eyes when you tell them that. Just like they'll roll their eyes when you told them a mask isn't good for them. Just like they rolled their eyes when I told them that hand sanitizer is toxic. Just like they rolled their eyes when I told them their their test is toxic. And what happened? A year later, they had to recall 50 types of hand sanitizer because they're toxic. A year later, they told you that they have the most toxic, cancer-causing chemicals of all time in the COVID test. And a year later, you find out that the jab you've been injecting yourself with is the most toxic substance of all kind. But let's just keep on listening to what the government tells us and keep on doing what we're told because it's done really well for you so far.
0: Yeah, well, I certainly hope because I, I, I do feel kind of nervous uh, and fearful about the fall and if pe- enough people are going to stand up and say no, and if we can turn this around. It's very easy.
1: All people have to do They let you take your mask off now. They let you go to a restaurant without a vaccine passport. How hard is it to pledge to yourself, your country, and your family right now that you will never put that mask back on, you will never take another jab, and you will never submit to a vaccine passport? If you make those three pledges to yourself, When the fall comes around and they try to implement their agenda, if we stand strong and hold our ground, we win.
0: Say that again, Chris. I think that's really, really important.
1: Everybody, make a pledge to yourself, your friends, your family, and your country that you will not put the mask back on. You will not take another shot and you will not close your business when they tell you to. I just met a man yesterday. I was in White Court, Alberta. And everybody needs to know this. This man, had a he has a pub. I don't even want to name it on the show because I don't want to get him any more trouble. But he stayed open the entire two years. He never enforced the vaccine passport. He never enforced the mask. Guess what? They tried to shut him down multiple times. He wouldn't let them. They charged him five separate times. He's already gone to court for three of those charges. And guess what happened? He beat them. So what does that tell you, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, when you fight, they will fight back. But when you fight back, you will win. And if everybody fights back... They do not have a chance in hell. They can't even make example of a simple pub owner. What are they going to do when every restaurant in Alberta refuses to close or every restaurant in BC refuses to close? Answer, they can't do anything. But as long as you people pretend like they have power, as long as you people pretend like you have to do what you're told, as long as you people do what you know is not right, they will control you. And they will subjugate you and they will destroy your life and they will ruin your family's future. It's that simple. It's all on your shoulders. I know that sounds like a lot of responsibility because Canadians hate responsibility. Canadians are more than happy to allow the government to virtually make every single decision for them because responsibility is scary. Responsibility means that you actually have to think for yourself and you actually have to, uh, you have to actually suffer the consequences of your actions and now Canadians have been so dumbed down over the last few generations so weakened by political correctness and propaganda like Disney's reimagined tomorrow campaign that the average Canadian male and I can't even call them a man because they're not the average Canadian male is walking around with low testosterone low self-image low self-esteem and does not have the physical or cognitive ability to stand up for themselves or their family. That's the reality. The average Canadian man is weaker now than they were 20 years ago, and way weaker now than they were 50 years ago. And you can blame anything you want. The reality is, you're all at fault. Every single individual that allowed themselves to pretend that they didn't have to be strong, that they didn't have to be a man. Yes, you do. It's that simple. You want to be a little pussy bitch? That's fine. And that's why you're being treated like a little pussy bitch. The government is going to treat you exactly how you let them. There's a reason why they have to keep arresting me. There's a reason why they have to keep silencing me because I'm a real man. I live on my feet and I actually fight for what's right. So you can be like me and actually try to be part of the pride, part, part of what's right and help the country. Or you can pretend that you're doing the right thing by complying, but all you're doing is lying to yourself, lying to your friends, lying to your family and selling your country down the river for the reason that you simply don't have the balls to be a true man. It's that simple. So all you pretend men watching this, talk as much shit about me as you want. We both know that you wouldn't say a goddamn word to my face because I'm right. That simple. Mm
0: hmm. Well, you know, those are strong words, but I think that's what's needed now. I mean, people really, we're getting to the point where if more and more people don't wake up, it it will be too late. That's right.
1: And that's what they're getting at. We're getting to that point of no return. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be fine. I have the resources. I can escape. I can go live on a beach somewhere and no one will find me. And me and my family will be fine. But you won't be. You will not be millions and millions of you will not Mm. i will escape i will be fine let me say that again i will thrive no matter what but you all you pathetic losers who pretend like you're doing the right thing and i'm doing the wrong thing you're all gonna fuck yourselves really bad that simple you can tell me i'm wrong you can tell me i'm an asshole you can tell me all this all you're doing is lying to yourself like you have been the last two years the only way out of this is to act a little more like me. The only way out of this is to admit that you've been played for a fool. The only way out of this is to pledge to never go along with their mandates ever again. I hope I made myself clear because I got to run now.
0: I think you have made yourself clear and thank you, Chris. I really appreciate your, your coming on. And, and I, you know, like I said, I think that it's a, this is a wake up call and, and you don't mince words. I can hear. I can hear the frustration in your voice. I mean, you've been traveling the country, speaking to people, trying to wake people up for two, over two years now, or at least two years. And, you know, I, I, I honor you for continuing to do this and for not, for not escaping to the beach, <laughs> huh. you know, cause that would be a
1: lot easier. Oh, believe me. I had, I had, a, I had a, Permanent residency set up for me in another country. I had a beachfront property waiting for me in another country. I had a percentage of a tequila company that I could have owned waiting for me in another country. And all I had to do was get on a plane, leave this shithole country called Canada, and let everybody here suffer and fend for themselves. And the only problem is I would have been on a beach, and I would have been thinking about what I could have actually done for that country and the world. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be able to live with myself. So how the hell could all of you live with yourself walking around with a goddamn mask on your face and on your children? It's disgusting.
0: I agree. I've basically not worn a mask this whole time. If, if- I wa-
1: and I want to leave, leave the men with this last little tidbit. This is what your compliance has caused in children. Yes, men, mm-hmm. you. Because they look up to you. And when they see a grown-ass supposedly called man with a face diaper on, they get scared. I'll give you two perfect examples of how mask trauma has manifested in to our children. I was on the ferry to Vancouver Island. I saw nobody wearing the mask because there's no mandates on the boats anymore. Thank God. But mm-hmm. I did see one little six-year-old kid wearing a mask and his mom wasn't. And I ended up right behind her in line. And I wanted to say something, but I was trying to be nice. So I didn't open my mouth until she turned around and said, oh, my God, you're Chris Sky. I'm a huge fan. So I said, then why the hell is your kid wearing a mask, lady? She said, watch this. She went to take the mask off the children's ear. And immediately he started kicking, shrieking, and screaming like he was going to (sighs) die. And she started crying and said, this is what happens anytime someone tries to take the mask off his face. Because for the last two years, everywhere he goes, he's seen big grown men with muscles and tattoos and facial hair wearing these masks like little fucking bitches. And it got him so terrified that he really believes he will die if he takes that mask off because he cannot understand why a grown adult male would be wearing one if it wasn't required. That's one. Wow. That's one. That's what you masked men are causing in the children. And if that didn't make you feel bad enough, I went to to an event in Nelson. I had a woman come up to me crying and she said i saved her daughter's life i said please explain she said her daughter was 10 years old when this all started they forced the mask on her at school the mother didn't have the balls to stand up for her nobody had the balls to stand up for her the little girl would suffer panic attacks breathing fits blackouts all kinds of stuff with the mask on nobody cared they said it doesn't matter she still has to wear it finally at 12 years old at school that little girl tried to kill herself Well, they found her unresponsive and saved her life. Guess what they did? The principal sent her home to her mother with a letter stating it doesn't matter that she tried to kill herself. She's not special and she still has to wear the mask.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. So all you men walking around with a mask on. This is what you cause. You caused children to try to kill themselves. You cause children to be traumatized for life because you did not have the balls to take a piece of cloth off your face because you're too afraid to walk into a grocery store and confront a little 75-year-old Filipina door greeter who might tell you to put a mask on. That's what this has come to. The men of this country... Traumatizing and sacrificing our next generation because themselves don't have the balls or the brains to stand up for what's right. So, men, take off your fucking mask and never put it on again. It's that simple, and this goes away.
0: I hope everybody's hearing this fall. Let's all stand up, not just some of us. Let's everybody stand up and do what's right. We have to. It's our our lives depend on it. The life. Yeah.
1: And that's 100% fact. But Janine, I got to run because my wife's going to kill me because we got to go somewhere. Okay,
0: thank you so much, Chris. I love you. Love you. Take care.
1: Take care. We'll talk soon.
0: Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thank you, Chris Sky, for all you do. I'm just, you know, these stories break my heart. And, you know, for him to stand up like he does day after day after day, it's it's. We all need to look at that and, and ask ourselves what are we doing to stop this? So, remember, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, remember you can watch on BitChute uh, video slideshows and please share. This is so important. And I, I really, I love everyone. And oh, I, I'm so emotional right now that I can't speak, so I'm sorry plus it's early in the morning. (laughs) So please take care everyone, take care of yourself and be well until next time.